My name is Ashley Zatarian Johnson, and I'm a born and raised New Orleanian. After finding myself always on the hunt for new biographies to discover, especially through podcasts, I realized there were people right under my nose that I was dying to know more about in my very own town. Some are well known. Some are people maybe you should know. Here are their stories and why they choose New Orleans to be their home, whether by birth, choice, or the place they always find themselves coming back to. Things can get a little bonkers here, or even a little backwards, but there is a magic here that binds us all, twisting us together under its spell. This is New Orleans Entangled. Presented by Boot Crew Media. My guest today needs no introduction. You're already a fan because it is simply impossible to live in New Orleans in 2021 and have not have heard of singer Alexis Marceau or her bands Sweet Crude and Alexis and the Samurai. From the young and hip who flocked to see them at Jazz Fest to the old and classy buying tables for all of their cronies at the city's biggest benefits, we're talking Lark and the Freakin' Park people. <laughs> Everyone knows Alexis. Both of her band's music defines New Orleans, full of whimsy, danceability, heartache, and passion. And did I mention very often bilingual? Alexis represents the modern indie rock star, strong, feminist, loud, impeccable style, clear in how she thinks the world should be, and aware that she has the impact to change it, and can rock a jumpsuit like it's nobody's business. But at the, <laughs> but at the same time, she's old world Louisiana, French-speaking, with a welcoming joie de vivre, affability, and so many different kinds of beautiful, you can never put her into just one box. And I'm pretty sure she'd never let you. Today, we will hear the story behind the person whose music has become the new soundtrack for all of us here in New Orleans. Welcome, Alexis. Hello. Was it corny? That was so lovely. It was beautiful. It was hard to sum up into a paragraph. Um, So you're here today because you are a rock star and you live in New Orleans. And I'm interviewing interesting New Orleans, well-known people, New Orleans, well-known. But I have an extra agenda and that's to make you my permanent friend because um, <laughs> we've met a few times and we keep in touch via social media, yes. but we never really crossed over into full friendship. But it's mm-hmm. a good time to mention that we have an, a co-host here today. Yes. Uh, famous in her own right, Casey Duplashane. Hello. And you know, I questioned myself. I'm like, I've known her for a few years now, but is that how you say her last name? <laughs> You, but that, but it's right. You crushed it. Yeah. yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in New Orleans, Louisiana. You know that's a yeah. that's an, an old name. Yeah. As is Marceau. Duplichain. Um, and you are chief development officer at New Orleans City Park, and you and Alexis happen to be best friends. Yeah, I think this is gonna peak our best friendhood. <laughs> yeah, it's like really solidifying it. Yeah, you it's know, pretty, like we get we're doing a podcast together. Casey. Yeah, this is a big deal. <laughs> it is. And I should have gotten like little plaques made or something. Our, <laughs> our tattoos weren't enough. <laughs> oh, do you have matching tattoos? And I will say it was like when I knew she was my best friend forever was Mardi Gras. <laughs> I like Please saw her more. from afar. But we were like meeting a group, another group of people on Mardi Gras day. It was Mardi Gras day, right? Yeah. yeah. And she was wearing like a, a very brightly green wig, colored wig. And we were just dancing in the street. 
And like I had known her, but like that was the moment I was like, oh, there's something else here than just like acquaintances. Like this is like a person that is going to be around. You know? Alexis, a little bit about your background. You grew up in Chalmette. Mm-hmm. which is New Orleans, but it's just yeah. the neighborhood in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Stuff. And you grew up around music and you made particular mention of Carol King and the Carpenters, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, pulls at my heartstrings. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what's your favorite song by either of them? Like, do you have a specific memory? Um, well, with Carol, um, which, by the way, Tapestry just turned 50 years old. Yes, I um, saw that. And she just turned 79. Um, and this, I didn't realize Tapestry, Tapestry came out on her birthday week, which is so cool. Um, but I think So Far Away is one of my favorite songs. It's like when I was in like nursery school and kids would ask me to sing, I'd sing that song. Oh my God. <laughs> and they were like, what in the song? That like, says so I'm much. Like, with such an old soul singing Carol King, like on the playground, but. And there were a lot of parallels um, between y'all's lives. Too. Yeah. And that song uh, still to this day, like it's talk, it talks about like traveling to like perform and being far from home. And, you know, like all the lyrics just like hit me hard because it's basically my life. And, I kind of live what she lived in the seventies. So it's, that's my favorite for sure. Lex, and, who did, yeah. who, who was it your dad or your mom who introduced you to Carol King? Um, they both loved the record, but my mom would put it on when we cleaned the house, which was often. <laughs> this is what I'm picturing is like little Alexis singing her heart out around the house to Carol King. This yeah, is that's awesome. how my mom actually found out I, I could carry a tune um, was I would just belt Carol King and, and the Carpenters. How but. young did she, did she notice that? Because I, I'm trying sometimes Highland, my, mm-hmm. my daughter for anyone who doesn't. Um, my favorite. Human <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> she's pretty great. And she loves to sing and she'll improvise songs and stuff. And sometimes she harmonizes. And then other times I'm like, is the glass going to break? Like, when <laughs> do you know, like, Ooh, she can sing. you know, I was eight. I think when my mom eight. Okay, realized. Got time. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old is she? Five. Five. Next yeah, week. you have plenty of time. She'll tell you all about it. You'll know. Saying. You'll know. Okay. Just put some tapestry on. And you'll be fine. You credit joining the choir at age nine and also all the classical training that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, I found mention of opera, which I thought was really interesting. And then I went back and listened to your songs like a stalker and found <laughs> the parts where I'm like, oh, I can hear that oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, at what, what point? And then NOCA happened. Mm-hmm. And it also gave us a little bit of the out-of-towners don't know what NOCA is. And right. I'm so proud of it. So mm-hmm. if you. Yeah. So I started training at age nine um, with um, this woman named Nancy Flores. She pulled my mom to the side and said she wanted to train me um, one-on-one. And so I started studying with her classically and she taught me like, you know, how to sing classically. So training and technique and breathing and which leads to opera down the line. If you, you know, can kind of get skilled in the technique form and, and the breathing parts. And, and that, so I took her best friend was a piano teacher and she was the vocal teacher and I took piano and voice from her. And, but back to Noka, mm-hmm. can you tell my, my out of town friends that are going to be kind enough to listen to this, even though they don't live here. <laughs> can you tell them? Well, yeah, they're so, fans of yours too. So <laughs> Noka is New Orleans center for the creative arts. And, um, uh, I started going to their Saturday program, um, when I was in eighth grade and loved it and it was I was doing musical theater so at the time I was doing a show choir classically training and doing 
um, the Saturday program where we were singing, dancing, and acting. And so when it came time to pick a high school, um, they offered me, you know, to audition for the school itself, which was only half day at the time. Now it's full time. So was um, it in the Bywater? But no, yeah, it was in the Bywater yeah. by then. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's on the yeah riverfront. Oh, I lived a block from there. Yeah, but when I was in high school, it was still uptown, which is now luxury. Yeah. Condominiums mm. or whatever. And it oh, was half right. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was half day. And so I auditioned. Um, I did a monologue from West Side Story where oh, she yeah. holds the gun. She's like, Gino. Like, I don't remember. Do any get, I was going to ask things. if you'd do it after um, some drinks. She like, <laughs> she gets really emotional in it. And then I had to do a, a dance audition and a singing audition. Um, but uh, I haven't thought about that monologue in so long. You're going um, to, but I, uh, I love that you said that you kind of felt like a black sheep in the program because mm-hmm. you did a lot of acting and a lot of opera and stuff that you didn't really, but I've noticed now that I read that, mm-hmm. I notice it in so many, like your videos. I'm like, she's a good little actress when you're on stage. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I have, I attribute a lot of like emotional connection in like film and, and things to musical theater because, um, you know, it, it, they taught you how to like show things through just your face or your movement. Um, and I love to dance. And, um, recently we did a musical video where I dance the whole time. And, um, I, I felt like, I feel like I found part of myself again by doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so musical theater was awesome because it got, I got to, you know, massage every muscle that was performer and, um, and so, but then Katrina ha- happened and I didn't in- actually actually end up graduating from there, but they still like consider me alumni. Oh, now they're talking, every- they're like, here you go. We put your <laughs> diploma on the wall. Yeah. Hall of fame. And this is so true. I was writing music and playing in coffee shops on the weekends. I was living like two different lives, God. three different lives. I was seeing, you know, studying classically. I was writing and playing in coffee shops and I was going to Noka for musical theater. And I was none of them. I was like, touching surfaces mm-hmm. of all of those things, but I was really none of them. And so I feel like, you know, I didn't find my place there because I didn't know where my place was mm-hmm. yet. And it took me my early twenties to really find that, you know? But <laughs> um, So after school, I know you hit up Southeastern mm-hmm. university for a year and you had a stint in Covington. So that's where your parents were after Katrina bouncing back and forth, doing gigs on both sides of the lane in new Orleans. You meet Sam Kraft. And eventually we get Alexis and the Samurai. I needed to move back home. Like, I just want to be in New Orleans. This is so silly at this point. And so I I had, the at the time, my drummer, who was from the North Shore, but lived in New Orleans, he's like one of the best jazz drummers in New Orleans. His name's Paul Thibodeau. He was my drummer. Somehow, I got the one of the coolest drummers in the indie rock scene to be my drummer for like, I was just under Alexis Marceau at the time. And he was like, you're moving back you know, you need to meet some, you know, more New Orleans people, musicians come back home the right way. And so come to my show at Blue Nile upstairs. So I was like, okay. And he was in a band called Big Rock Candy Mountain. And they were this really wow. cool. <laughs> no, this like opens up the Pandora box know, of your life now. I know. So, so we go to Blue Nile, Big Rock Candy Mountain, by the way, and they, all of the guys in that band went to Loyola they were huge they were like the coolest dudes ever okay and paul happened to be the drummer for them so i go to the show and i meet 
every, like so many people in one night that are still like in my my pod, like my world here now in present time. Um, but I met my, one of my best friends, Jamie, who is dating, who was dating Steven, who is the bassist in Big Rock, who's now the bassist in Sweet Crude. Um, and uh, I was telling her about like how I'm moving back. I'm from Chalmette. She's like, I'm from Chalmette. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, I know you. <gasps> <laughs> That's so Jamie too. She's like, yeah, I used to date Jay. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to play with her ex-boyfriend in a band in Hammond, like playing coffee shops and stuff. She was like, yeah, I dated Jay. So I was like, oh, Lord. Um, she's like, where are you staying tonight? I was like, I'm driving back to off on the causeway back to Covington. She's like, no, you're not. You're going to stay with us. She like didn't even know me, like invited me to stay with her and Steven. I love this girl. <clears throat> yeah. One of my best friends. I'm like her daughter's nanny and everything. Mm. Oh, okay. I Evie that. and Highland. Yeah. Be best oh my God. On your Instagram, be I know for both of your friends. We should get them together. Okay. Um, Can she also wear little mini me outfits like this girl does with your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was the cutest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So then Jamie meets me. I, I'm like, I feel like I've known her my entire life, but that's like also Shalmation. So like you just get each other right away. And uh, she's like, who, who else? Do you need to meet? She's like literally introducing me to everyone in the bar. By the way, she, Shalmation is a term for people from Shalmet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. So not everyone made she's out. like, <laughs> all right. So she's like pointing at the stage like, that's Andrew. That's not, like just pointing everybody out. Like, <laughs> okay, here's this person. Oh, and this is Sam. He has a band called Glasgow and they're really popular. All right. Moving on. Like she's like. And that was a band with him and his brother, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, his brother's in Sweet Crude mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. He's okay. a keyboardist. He's, he's also an incredible cellist. He doesn't play cello in sweet group, but he's really so amazing. Good. That's Ooh. his first instrument. Um, but uh, so then Sam, she's like about to go introduce me to more people. And Sam's like, wait, I know your name. He's like, I've seen it on posters. And I was like, oh, someone actually saw the goddamn posters I put up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool. He's like, it doesn't matter. Just one like, person I don't, saw it. He was crucial in this yeah, story. He was like, I don't forget a French name like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, he's like, actually, I'm looking for a female vocalist for this like thing I'm doing with my band. Would you like to like, you know, come try out some music? And I was like, actually, Jamie said you play violin. I'm looking for string players because my record I just released is has a lot of strings on it. And I want to do some of that live. So we kind of needed each other. And we met up and immediately musically just clicked. So I was so excited because like I I had never really written with someone like I was going to write with him. I had played with other people, but never really wrecking anything. Yeah. And I knew like I was an OK songwriter, but like I wasn't hitting my stride yet. And Sam is an incredible songwriter. And I knew that right out of the gate. And so. OK, one more question about um, Alexis and the Samurai. I hope it's okay if they ask this. I noticed, because I'm a creeper, <laughs> that your tattoo is the same as the artwork. Mm-hmm. Fox, yeah. So the first song, tell me Sam about and fox? I, yes, the first song Sam and I ever wrote together is called Fox. <clears throat> and the artwork for that record was actually very different. And not great. Um, and I wanted to keep selling that record because we worked really hard on it, but I hated the cover. I didn't hate it. It, was it wasn't lovely, your vision, it, but it wasn't, it was like, is it, it wasn't timeless. It was outdated. 
very quickly. And I was just like, I want to keep selling this record. So we're going to remaster and remix it and, and redo the art and re re-release it. So, um, I had already gotten this Fox that Fox tattoo and my friend Callie from Chalmette growing up, she's an incredible, uh, graphic designer. And I had her build out like all kinds of Fox outlines and this is the one I picked and put it on my arm. And then a few years later, we decided to, to make it the art for the re-release. So the tat- the song came first, then the tattoo. Then the, tattoo, then the record. Then, okay. Yeah. I've been wondering that for like years. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah. A lot of people think I just got the art from the record, but it was actually the other way around. I yeah. love that. That <laughs> makes it even cooler. Um, and before we, well, first, let me say, you do not at all have to answer this, but it's going to be complimentary. My question, um, before we get to Sweet Crude, you and Sam are founders in both bands. And I, I just have to comment Gwen and Tony, Jack and Meg, Stevie and Lindsay, Stevie and Mick, um, Alexis and Sam. So you guys, in my opinion, are going to go down as one of the famous romances slash breakups in a band history. Um, and I just want to know, like, do you get asked this a lot? Like, no, everyone thinks we're brother and sister. Oh, so like Jack and, and Meg. Yeah. It's okay. really funny. And then when we were together, they thought we were brother and sister. And now that we're not together, they think we're together romantically, which is funny. Um, Keep them guessing. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it was a, yeah, it was a long, it was like a four and a half, almost five year relationship that we decided to end romantically, but we realized like we definitely were meant to make music together. And so that, and so we figured it out. That's really beautiful. Meet each other, work together, and I made each other work together. <laughs> it took. It was really, really crazy that the fact that we are here and were able to just making him talk about how I was feeling made him talk about how he was feeling, and then that's how we got through it. Like we would have never made it otherwise. Like we would be Stevie and Lindsay, where they don't talk to. It them. did not work no. out, and the man wouldn't exist. But. The fact that we had two bands made it a little even more complicated. Yes. Yeah. And one of them is really intimate and just the two of us. So it's really impressive. But at the same time, I think it does give you a bond that like gives you an edge over a lot of people. He's like, it's so funny because people did think we were brother and sister, but like he, he's like my brother now. Like he's like Mm -hmm. my best friend, brother guy that like, I know so much about me. I can make an Mm -hmm. eye thing with him and he knows exactly what I'm talking about exactly you know um across the room we can talk to each other without saying anything you know it's like on stage we have so much more than what you see it's like our brains are connected in ways that is hard to describe and it's because we had that crazy relationship before that has led to now where we're here and 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 we've both gone through a lot of stuff in between that and now next topic you are probably really tired of talking about because you have to do it till you're blue in the face but i'm really excited for somebody like my father-in-law who was born in funky in louisiana and stuff that's going to be like real excited about the roots of this music and and i want to talk about the bilingual aspect of your music um, which is in both bands i noticed or at least i i think was parlay new a bois from Alexis and the Samurai, kind of what led you to begin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, so Sam and I both have Cajun heritage. Um, 
and our grandparents spoke uh, Louisiana French as their first language. So that was a connection we had right off the bat when we met. And we both were really fascinated with like learning the language and kind of retapping into our culture and heritage. Um, and so uh, we started covering uh, that Belfa Brothers song, Parlay News Abroad. Such a great song. And it was, uh, we put a hip hop beat on it to modernize it. And we tour with it and like go all over the country, like random places and play that version of the song. And people would come up to us after the set to buy music or whatever and be like, what about that French one? Like, do you have that? And we'd be like, no, it was just a cover. And then they were like, well, we want that. And you're like, thanks a lot. <laughs> we're like, okay, well, we don't have that. Do you want the CD or not? <laughs> <laughs> um but then but it is flattering because no, you gave it was, something I'm just a new being an idiot but yeah. like it was like a moment where we're like oh light bulb like this could work like this is something that people would maybe like want to hear and if not like right out of the gate want to hear we could talk about how this language is like dying off and and it's we we saw a hole and we wanted to fill it and that was just modernizing the idea of Louisiana French and our culture and like what our city, even just New Orleans itself and Louisiana as a whole, but like our city thrives on tourism and like, you know, pokes the Cajun alligator till it's blue, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, we wanted to modernize it for the indie rock world, like for the younger generation. I and love so, your phrase about that you weren't preserving it, you're continuing it. Right. So yeah. That's, and it's that's true. It's the, the truest fact because it's like it's a fact because it's our grandparents mm -hmm. spoke it. It it was their first language and they came here and then they were told they couldn't speak it. And then it was taken out of the schools. And if they got caught speaking it in school, they got punished for it. And so then it went to my dad and my dad was ashamed of it and was bullied to be Cajun and your dad he, actually spoke no I mean yeah, he so did my, growing up a little bit but yeah. like he lost it because he couldn't speak it in school and he got in trouble when he spoke it and all of his friends or not friends but he got bullied for being Cajun yeah because my I have the same my <laughs> grandfather my grandparents are Cajun French too and so my grandfather's dad's duplicate yeah. okay. so my papa didn't he he spoke only Cajun French until he went to school. And then once he started school, he wasn't allowed to speak Cajun French. And that's when he actually learned English. Yeah, that's how my grandpa was. And then it was they never knew, passed on. To get them and my, my, my papa and mom D had five boys. And like they like my dad and his brothers know some yeah, my dad knows like, a little. phrases and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it would never got just didn't get passed on yeah. because it was told like my papa and my mom d grew up in a in a society that it was just like if you spoke it it was bad mm -hmm. it was it almost sounds like and i'm ashamed to say i didn't realize that until reading about your mission yeah and the music and um it's it's just so disturbing now to think now it's something we're promoting and we have schools oh, that are yeah. it kind of makes your skin crawl because it's yeah. like oh well we'll we'll uh be okay with you learning how to two-step to this music but like don't speak the language but like right. you can you can dance to it you know and like throw parties around it but like when it comes to like i mean i'm talking about my grandpa's generation and then my dad's generation like that's how it was it was like we'll celebrate this music only when it is favorable to the rest of the 
society, mm-hmm. you know, and and it just was I, I feel so sad because, A, I could be completely bilingual, been bilingual since I was raised. I mean, my great grandmother, my big mama only spoke to me in French. So if my dad would have been able to be bilingual, I would be bilingual. And I feel like I'm ripped of my heritage because Mm -hmm. of that. And so we were very passionate about that idea. Like we could have been raised and a lot of people are lucky enough to where their grandma or whatever was like, that baby's going to speak French. (laughs) So rare though. Well, and isn't it, and you know this and Sam is like, knows it through and through, but like the French that is going on right now, like that, that's being taught is just like traditional, traditional French, right? It's not Cajun right. French. So it's right. even like standard French. There's still, there's still that weird, there's like, still this weird thing where we're teaching standard French, but we're the whole dialect of not the Cajun slang, French. Louisiana. Yes. Mm. Right. The dialect became. is different. And mm-hmm. so, so that's, that's Sam. So since COVID actually, Sam, and our other bandmate Skylar has have started this uh, media company called New Niveau, and it's all about exactly what we're trying to do with our music, but with other forms of media, so like news and and just um, just any other thing that's not musical. So um, Sam's reading the news, he's reading books in it, he's talking about the language, he's teaching like little violin lessons, he's doing all these other things. Um, but I will say, Sam's fluent. I'm not fluent. I'm constantly. You're learning. pretty great though. I mean, I, I can, think I've been not... singing in it when I, since I was a kid, but like, I'm not, I, I'm not as conversational as I'd want to be. Um, I can, when I'm practicing read and write really well, I can still write in it, but Sam is the fluent band member. And um, he, he treated it like a job. Like he didn't have a full-time like nine to five. I heard so this. he got up he and got made up it in happen. the morning at like 8am before I'd go to work. And this is when we were together and I'd leave him with his books open and I'd come home and everything would be labeled. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so he literally impressive. taught himself how to speak. It's like French. a mad scientist. Yeah. Well, it's way. also like, he not only knows how to speak it fluently, but he knows like Oof, the origin as well. Like, I think my last text exchange with him is, is like, what does Kuyon mean? And he's like, <laughs> well, it means little testicle, but, you know, and like, it's really bad. Like here we I'm say so it. glad you're here. Like, here we say it like friend, you know, like here we're like, oh, you Kuyon. But like, if you were to say that in like actual like France or Europe, like it is like, yeah. it's a curse word. Right. Yeah. And I had no idea, but like, I could tell, I was like, what does this mean, Sam? And he like, was like, well, actually it means this. And we you have a song where and I'm like, wow, we have a song now where he says Kuyon and and every time he does it now, I go, where my cuyons at? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the perfect, like, rhythmical, like, I can, I can in rhythm go, where my cuyons at? And he just laughs, like, every time. I just say it off mic. But. Well, and so I have um, two things to touch on about about that, with, which I'll just talked about. One of them is um, I learned from the documentary you guys have on your YouTube page and your website. Mm-hmm. And I recommend anyone listening to watch it. It's short and it's so to well done. <laughs> about Louisiana French and what exactly it is. And, and I have to mean your band is the first time, like I'm paying attention to being like, Oh my God, I learned French growing up and I can't speak it out a grandmother. That's mm. family was French. And, you know, um, I recommend going and watching that. And I, I can sure I can post a link somehow. Um, it's just so beautifully done. Um, Sam speaks with Horace, your 
grandfather's name's Horace, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Um, ho, ho. And it, oh my God, he's so <laughs> wonderful. He's That's so wonderful. Um, and it's sort of where that and the uh, Francophile podcast was where I learned mm-hmm. how scholarly Sam is. Oh yeah. He's, I look at him so differently now mm-hmm, yeah, watching he's him. So, he's just a scholar. Like he's, I don't know how to explain. He just, he's constantly learning. Like now, where do we get constantly new, new, new learning? Though? How do I, how, um, it, they're, they're on all the social media okay and com too okay. um but yeah the, it's slowly growing into this like other kind of company that's not it's just anything but music well the best doing. idea is start in one direction and go mm-hmm. in the other right and we i think we realized oh there's another hole to fill like there's no news programs talking about the saints in right. french like let's talk about the saints winning in french and yeah. how great if you are trying to learn which is of course on my list like yeah, and they're very short to you learn know? more french yeah. right so Ooh, can I hire Sam? And they you? have a lot can of like Samisms too in it. Yeah. Oh God. There's so many <laughs> Samisms. He's a very punny guy. Yeah. So it's like, Ooh, it gets silly, but it's fun. That we work silly people. So <laughs> oh, have dollar delightful. Now with France, Canada, every other French speaking country, mm-hmm. um, I, I watched some of your, or do we say Orléans in, mm-hmm. in France? Okay. Mm-hmm. Orléans shows in, mm-hmm. in France. Um, What's the listenership like in those countries? Like, I was scared. Like, because you're speaking slang and I'm singing slang in a lot of the. Yeah, it's a different dialect. Uh-huh. So. But in Canada, Quebec is like, they, it's in, really speak it there, in, right? In Quebec, it's like different. Some, the dialogue is very, very um, similar. And in New Brunswick, yeah. especially. So what's very, it called? You to term on one of the, the um, Francophile podcasts. And well, in Moncton, they have their own dialect it's called Chiak. That was it. And that one's crazy. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's like um, just a different dialect. So they're there. They were raised the same way we were, but their parents were taught the, the Shiok and then their parents like made sure their kids, our age kid, like people spoke the Shiok. Of course, so, they were more progressive. Than of course. It's <laughs> so frustrating to go to Moncton and like when I tell you, like I study for months and months so that I can just like have the most minimal conversation. I'm not like Sam where like, I don't know. Sam just has this kind of brain where it's like a sponge with language and like historical facts and just like there. But for me, but it's, it's not intimidating. Like, I feel like I could ask him about it. Oh no, it not at all. Obnoxious, but it's just, know. it's just funny to like, you know, he just, He's just, his brain is very different from mine. So it's taking me a lot longer, but you know, it's still. Yeah. But you had the mission that we're on. Like you're part of the reason. (laughs) Right. It's all connected. Right. That he learned it. Right. And so, um, but when we go to Moncton or New Brunswick and our friends there, we have like a lot of close friends now because we travel there so much. They get really judgy. They're like, why don't you speak yet? Like they're mad at me. Like they're like, you should be conversational. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, but in a loving way. Yeah. And uh, I'll go and I'll, I'll study, 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 study. And then I'll like have a daiquiri, <laughs> not daiquiri, <laughs> but like I'll have drinks with them. And then they're like, no English. And then they like make me oh, speak God. French for the rest of the night. <laughs> like, but I, I am fine when yeah. I'm drinking and I'm studying. I'm like, at that point I had studied months before getting to Moncton or whatever. And I'm speaking and I'm like, I need 
this. So maybe you think too hard about it. It's well, it's also I'm com- like no, submerged in it. Like yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. fully I can think. I mean, you can imagine what that feels like. You're like nervous around actual, fr- you know, like right. I can see where I'd be like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. And they're like, not going to talk to you exactly. unless you do. But also the alcohol. I need to go to Austin <laughs> and drink. Well, there's this there's a few places like that in Canada, Writing like in Nova down. Scotia and stuff where you, you cannot speak English. And it's like a retreat. And like if you speak English three times, you get kicked out. Oh, OK. Whoa. Well, no, no, I don't. No, but I know friends that have done that and they still aren't conversational. No, that's so it's like it's a hard language. And it and I'm not saying like my mission as a performer in Tweakard is like we're doing what we want to be doing, which is just continuing on a heritage and culture that is our own and that we want people to be inspired by. And if they have something in their life that like they're connected to to do that too, because it's up to our, it really is up to our generation to like, Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, Alexis. continue it because even though I can't can conversate the way I want to want to, I can through music. Absolutely. And so that's my contribution. And Sam's the spokesperson. You know? Well, you're also making badass independent indie rock that I love. <laughs> and that's what, that's how I was drawn to you in the first place. I'm like, I actually love this music. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, wait a minute. Like usually when people mm-hmm. hear, Louisiana are fr- it's like it's kind of gimmicky and it's mm-hmm. and it's oh it's history and whatever and you're gonna go here and play but yeah. you're not gonna go play it a whole lot. y'all's music people wanna play and yeah. like I said about going to the city park function lark in the park I saw fancy mm-hmm. you know high power people dancing to your music <laughs> and then I saw these cool young people yeah. it's so it's just the combination um yeah well it's incredible it you know it's 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 a really cool flag to wave and and you're also teaching me through this conversation and i hope everyone listening and i'm sorry i interrupted you're teaching us through that whole spiel you just gave about being insecure about how you're not as fluent as sam you're pointing out that everybody learns a language a a different way how it's absorbing in your brain is not how it's going to absorb in sam's yeah exactly so don't be intimidated right exactly if you're learning a new language it might take you your whole life and that's okay um and then i mentioned earlier indie rock um just leads me to another question are there any bands besides your vintage influences that we talked about independent or swamp pop, anything like that? Cause I, there's a song I really took to and it, it really ignited a nostalgic feeling in me of my twenties. And I want to know if that band influenced you, but I don't what want to leave it? the witness. So I want you to tell me if there's any, and then I'll tell you <laughs> any swamp pop. Oh, it, this is an indie rock band, Oh, but like, I'm thinking of like, listening to your music, the two things I'm There's reminded of. There's a song of. that you guys have that reminds her of an indie rock group. And in a really good way. Like I, I made I mean, me, I know the go-tos in this okay. scenario. So what are like, or what are some of the indie rock bands <laughs> of the past you like know, 10 years Fire? that you love? Okay. That, that's not it, but that's what I want to know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, because they do speak French, Canadian French, um, that happens a lot. And we, we, we play indie rock music. People compare you a lot to arcade fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, not a lot. It's just, okay. it comes up. I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't, that. I don't think we like sound the same. I think it's just the French, honestly, but, um, would you ever collaborate? We have sort of, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like we, yeah, of course they live here. We love them. I have, I can't believe I have a good Win Butler story, but I do. <laughs> I was super pregnant and my husband just thinks I'm a nerd anyway. And he, we were at Bulani and he's like, Hey, Win Butler's the other side of the park. Don't look like I'll tell you when you can look or whatever. And I'm like, all right, I've never seen the guy before. I don't know what he looks like. And, um, 
all of a sudden he's like, are he's getting up? Play cool. Don't look. You can look in a minute. And I get a tap on the shoulder and it's Eric Heigl. And um, yeah, he's like, Ashley, you're really good friends with Eric? Yeah. Well, oh, they're really good. They're friends. really good friends. I'm also friends with, yeah, I've worked with Eric on number, oh. a number of times. He's, I, that we'll talk love about him. that later. Love him. I've got <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. I have major love for him. Our dads were like in each other's weddings and stuff. So oh that's my how God. I know. And um, he's, so he taps me on the shoulder. We have like our conversation and I'm talking to Wynn Butler and then I introduce him to my husband and our other friends that are there. And when they walked out, I just looked at George and was like, like way to be like, play it cool. And I'm the fucking reason that you now like got to chat and like have us. So can I tell you who, who it was? Cause I don't even know if you're like a fan of this band or not. I hope you are. Yeah. Um, this, so the song sunset, mm-hmm. um, which by the way, has a really great memorial for pandemic living with the zoom videos. And I saw you Casey in it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great funny. joyous video. I want everyone to watch it. And I'm going to talk about more about your videos in a second. But when I listened to Sunset for the first time, I got really nostalgic for Ra Ra Riot's early music. And I'm curious. I love if Ra, any, Ra, Ra Okay, because I was I wondered if anybody had ever them told you that. In a warehouse in New Orleans. Oh, oh. no. In the CBD, I think, with uh, Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> wow. It <laughs> was a cool show. Yeah, it was really oh, fun. That, I was such like really a moment. Young. I was probably like 20. Yeah. You know, that was when they were like, mm. oh my God. I had first moved to New York and was like. It was like Rilo Kylie days. Oh, yes. <laughs> You have such wonderful music videos. And I noticed Monastery mm-hmm. was beautifully shot at the Marini Opera House. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultimatum was shot at the one and only City Park Peristyle, correct? Thanks to this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at Casey, like that sounds mm-hmm. like somebody pulled some strings, <laughs> um, no. which is such another uh, cool video. Um, both of them are. Do you have any more dreamy New Orleans locations you want to film at? Ooh. I mean, yeah but I haven't thought about where exactly. Uh, we just filmed one in just like a theater, black box theater. But Is it sad that I'm like, I have, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> Under yeah, the bridge. no, Casey, yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be a good secret spot. Under, yeah. Wait, which bridge? The Crescent City Connection. Oh, the bridge. Yeah. But yeah. there's like the swings that we, we bike to it all the time. It's like uh, a spot to bike to. Don't it's a really, I won't. yeah. It's no, like you take can that out go, of here. yeah, it's so... If you're on the other side of the bridge on the river, it's all like tourists or, you know, but when you, it's like, if you're going to Mardi Gras world, you take a left and there's a parking lot and you park there. And there's like these swings that are right under the bridge. It's beautiful. And you can watch that huge warehouse that's by Mardi Gras world. that I just want to see the inside And it is like, nobody's ever really there. Nope. And you can just go and hang out under the bridge and watch the ships pass. I want to do it. Will you take me? Yeah, let's go get some wine, factories, whatever. I also saw that you performed... At Robin's house, Robin Bourne's house. Yes, that was, um, uh, like I was so excited. Who isn't good friends with Robin? I was going to say my I'm good friend. Friends but- with her too, Casey. Uh, shout out to Robin Bourne and Scott. Love y'all. And Millie and George. People, um, yeah, they're but the best. We, I went to her house for probably train tour or maybe before that. But her house is just like incredible. It's an old church that they renovated. And on Grand Route St. John, just throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, by Jazz Fest in the yeah, bayou. And I like walked into this place and I was just like immediately selfishly like what can I how can I film something in here or like play a show in here because the loft is so beautiful and like um you I can knew- actually see it on Architectural Digest's um I know oh, if yeah. you Google her, their name and architectural That's digest. Awesome. I, just, I think they call listeners. it the Born Again Church. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's B-O-R-N. Yeah. Yeah. We call that series. And they that use the altar there. as the bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I feel it. like with Robin, like in New Orleans, to tie it back to that New Orleans thing, 
Robin's from the bayou. Her family's from the bayou, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so uh, she, Lockport, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, I yeah. think Robin arrived to her wedding on a boat. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like that's what she did as a, instead of walking down an aisle was across a, a bayou into a boat. When she told me that, I just was like slow clapping. Like, yeah. how do you get more <laughs> awesome than you are? Um, but I saw another video with the kids from, I think it was both Lise and yeah. Ottoman Charter. Mm-hmm. So is that going to be, is that something you'll do regularly hang no, with them or? No, we just, we re- wanted to showcase like the French, you know, the educational part of the uh, French in New Orleans. And, and we have all these amazing immersion schools now. And, um, yeah, it was just a cool partnership to like sort of say, hey, French schools, we exist and yeah. like vice versa. And um, and that was really fun because those kids were so cute. And, and they, it was to Debele. Excited. Debele was the song. Debele, yeah. And they, they were they were excited to know that music music that of like you know they're they're learning french right now in present time and so they know that they have this like modernized band that's singing it and so they were like talking to us about like how it was fun for them to find this and and that's what we wanted we want singing kids to be excited about learning a new language so yeah that was a cool collaboration such a good song and it's such a cool video now you're going to release two new songs on mardi gras day right we are um, pending editor and pending um, <laughs> editor, and then with the music video that you filmed, that's all it's supposed to hit Mardi Gras day. So um, that's but, nice of you because we're all so sad right now. But, yeah, <laughs> well, we're very excited to have anything to look forward to like that for selfishly. Um, one more mention before we get silly: the Jagged Little Pill concert every year in November at Tipitina's. Mm-hmm. I don't even have any words. You have to see it to believe it. It's so <laughs> wonderful, especially if you were born in any time in the eighties or nineties, yeah. like this is, Oh my gosh. So yeah. Tell everybody about that. Um, yeah. So it's been seven, six years was this year, I think um, where uh, yeah, I've done Jagged little pill from top to bottom. We dress like her, which is an album by Alanis like Morissette. I gotta tell my yes. mother-in-law that because she's listening. Yeah, Alanis Morissette, um, and that I mean, just like Carol King, Jagged Little Pill like shaped me as a human. Like, and, and then I just jokingly put it on the books at One Eye Jacks, like thinking like eh, we might do it, <laughs> and then it was real. And so we had rehearsals and we, and like I kind of curated this Little did you know it was going to sell out. (laughs) Yeah. So it sells out. We, we do it the next year sells out. We have to move venues. And so I start curating this event, like to celebrate the nineties basically. And And the opening band, I mean, it was glorious. uh It was just a wonderful nineties. All star cast. Jawbreaker. Thank you. Amanda. All star cast. If you guys and the also French language, Speaking band lost by your ramblers got into a fight. Who would win and why? <laughs> and you can name names. Definitely Louie would win. Whenever um, I think about Lost Bayou and Sweet Crude, I just think about who has the lazier like fiddle hand. <laughs> Is it Sam or Louie? Louis. So like, yeah, exactly. Oh, so they could have a fiddle off instead of a fight. Yeah, but he plays fiddle like you know, like you like a Cajun plays mm-hmm. fiddle. Like Sam's a classically trained violinist that plays fiddle. Gotcha. Um, but and that's a fabulous. And that's why fan, Louis would I feel like win I'm not giving a, fight. a hard enough mention. They're they're also listenability is across all boards. Yeah, Amazing. love them, love them. And honestly, Louis is like when we first became a band, he gave us like the rite of passage. Oh, so he was the reason we were like, can we do this? We feel weird. Like we don't want people to 
we don't want to burn any bridges or like feel like people feel like we don't respect what already exists out there. And he was like, absolutely not. This is amazing. Like, go for it. Well, my dream person for you to work with (laughs) since you asked is Irma Thomas. Oh Oh my gosh. I got to do breakaway for the big easy awards. Yeah. Remember when Um, you did the high kick and the confetti went off? So (laughs) you did a high kick and confetti. Yeah. I didn't know the song and I'm like sitting in the audience. First of all, hold on sidebar. I was supposed to sing breakaway and Irma Thomas was there and I was freaking out because she was going to be there and I didn't want to even do it because I was like, I'm not going to do it justice. I can't breathe. (laughs) I'm so nervous for you. And, And the, the brass band, um, oh my gosh. The all girl brass band pinettes were playing the horn section for it. So I already felt like, oh my God, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do it justice. I'm just like this white girl singing breakaway. I really felt like that. It was like really insecure about it. And but I I love that song and like you know f- went into it musically confident. So I was like, whatever, I'm fucking do it. And um at the end of the song, I kicked my leg up like really high and I did not know, but confetti cannons went off like when, as, as I kicked leg, my leg up. The confetti cannons went off. And I was, was it like, bum, ba, da, ba, da, bum. Yeah. I didn't know the came confetti <laughs> and cannons. And I was like existed. in the balcony, just being like fangirl, like watching Alexis, and it happened. I was just like, what? So here are the New Orleans questions I ask every guest What is your favorite block, neighborhood, or building in New Orleans? Mid citizen all the way, mid city. Okay. Easy. I like Fairgrounds Triangle. That's where I live. And I would say it's like, it feels like it's still a little old school in New Orleans. I agree. It's my number two. Wait, what triangle in New Orleans? Fairgrounds. Oh, Fairgrounds. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's like yeah. probably one of the places I feel like hasn't changed as much. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love both of those. I mean, I love that we coined the term mid-citizen too for our neighborhood. It's real good. And it's totally caught on to people that aren't in our friend group. So. Your secret swing spot could be your favorite like. Right. That's our favorite like. Secret landmark. Spot. Yeah. Landmark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, your favorite holiday to spend in New Orleans and what do you do? Party girl. <laughs> I need to stop asking that question because it's like the duh answer. Um, and then what do you do? Party girl morning. Morning, um, morning. Well, we have different ones. I always go to Orpheus Capade on Monday night. So like Mardi Gras morning is really hard for me, but, but we always but you meet, do it. But we I've always seen, meet up. Yeah, but I always, my friend Megan Little and I always go to Orpheus Capade. We're always the first to leave and then we sleep and wake up as early as possible. And then I find Alexis. And you have, you're very costumed. Yeah. yeah. And then where do y'all go? Uh, we always meet in like the Mimi's triangle. Me too. And um, we, tr- we always end at the river. Well, we try to end at the river. Do you ever talk to people who haven't done the Mimi's Mardi Gras? It's amazing to me how many people are like, you go where? Well, I don't want to tell them. I'm like, it's I just, take my child. I don't want any more like, people to amazing. know. Like, yeah, that's true. It's kind of gross. Like, I, seriously, I, I go, it's it's a local thing and it's starting to become not a local thing. So yeah. I don't even tell people anymore. It's when I miss that area the most because so many people came to our house knocking on the door, you know, early and you walk and it's what Mardi Gras was and. 50 years ago and it's just changed everywhere else. Yeah. And now Mimi's isn't me. I know. And I, I mean, I, I started inserting myself in her tradition to go to Orpheus fall mm-hmm. if I can, but we always at least end up meeting mm-hmm. each other in the morning. That morning. No, you're tired, but that morning is magical. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite festival to attend? Not to play. 
That's hard. <laughs> um, I mean, first thing that comes to mind is Jazz Fest because it's always just full of. Well, there's a reason it's like joy, huge just and wonderful. I'm playing it, and I get to go to it, and then like other days when I'm not playing it, I meet all these other production people that are friends throughout the music world. And like, it's just so magical. Um, you know, mine used that. to be mine. Mine was French quarter fest. And then it, oh, I yeah. feel like it just like grew. It's not what it used to be. Yeah. I, I hate you know? saying that. Cause I don't, I, it's, I'm glad it exists, but it, it, there was some sort of point where it, yeah. That's why I was like, there's like hesitation. Cause I'm like, and like instinctually I went to French quarter fest, but then yeah. I'm like, oh, but it's not what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite neighborhood bar or restaurant? And I already know the answer. 12 mile. <laughs> yeah. 12 mile limit. It has a lot of history as well. I know I've been there. Maybe it was, it was the night I saw you sing chandelier. Mm. Did you go there? Did I see? I feel like I danced with Casey. I know I've danced Probably. with you there to Anne and Glaviano. Yeah. She always yeah. had heat wave. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, she missed heat wave so much. Oh yeah. There was like a moment recently in COVID where like, oh, by the way, Anne Glaviano is a DJ who does it's called heat kinds wave. of it's like 60s, 60s. Town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is just in 12 mile limit and the terrazzo and the, the wooden mm-hmm. panel walls. It is, is really one of the best bars in New Orleans. Yeah. And I know it's y'all's favorite. Yeah. Well, 12 mile is like special for many reasons, but we had this, we have this house that's been in our friend group for over 12 years. I live in it again. (laughs) I lived in it 12 years ago and um, it's around the corner and we found 12 mile by just walking the neighborhood when we first moved there 12 years ago. And like, we were just like walking around seeing what there was. And there was a sign outside of this corner bar, corner store looking bar kind of place that was 12 mile, but it just said, the sign just said food and booze. <laughs> we were like, this looks cool. Let's go in here. Terrazzo floors. We we're like, Oh my God, this place is great. It has jukebox. Nothing's oh. in the jukebox. Like, and we were like, who owns this place? And we like meet Cole and he's like, yeah, just fill it with whatever you want. I don't know what to put in there. And so he let us put whatever we wanted. Did he in know it. that he was asking some pretty good experts at the time? No, but imagine then if we he, became- had, he could have asked somebody that was like, <laughs> We put a lot of local stuff in there first and then we started putting some more like, you know, like talking heads and Fiona Apple and like some cool like Radiohead and like whatever indie weird 90s stuff and um and 80s stuff. And and then slowly he was like, Oh, you're a band. Ah, okay. Oh, and then okay. we became really good friends with them. And then we actually ended up doing like this Endymion Saturday block party with them every year because there was a slot that was vacant for so long. And we would just set up the stage and like do this big block party before Endymion would roll. What? Yeah. But then they <laughs> built a house on the lot. Oh, so, but, but they're also good. I mean, they're, I feel like out of a lot of the bars in the city, they're like a bar with a mission. Yeah. Cole exactly. and Lilia, his partner, very they're like forward. activists. They, yeah. They, they're always having um, or hosting, you know, different community meetings there, donating sales back to different nonprofits. So mm-hmm. very nurturing of the delicious community. Delicious cocktails, oh, wonderful so dance parties, but also a bar with, you know, giving back to the community. I mean, you can't beat. That's like they need to come up with a special term for them, like the twelve mile limit way foundation. I don't know, whatever. It, like you know, like the fact that they other people should try to emulate yeah. that. Well, that leads me to my next question: favorite drink and where? The Bowden at twelve, at, mile. 12 mile limit. <laughs> I've had a frozen drink there that's really good. What was that? They have a the daiquiri. They have a daiquiri, and that's uh, not frozen no. though. They have a couple different frozen. This might have been I just do a love weird. The 
Um, the Bowden is like a whiskey. I actually started drinking whiskey again because of the Bowden. Yeah. But it's, it's got spicy. Tabasco in it. Yeah, it's spicy. Oh. It's so like old. whiskey, lemon, yeah. and like Tabasco. Well, you did a good yeah. segue <clears throat> with your drink choice to the next question. Tabasco or Crystal? Crystal. Crystal. Oh, that was defiant. Except um, for when it's in a bad <laughs> <laughs> They should. Well, actually, I feel like Tabasco is better in a yeah, bad than is. Crystal. Yeah. But definitely on food, I can't, Crystal. I can't pick. So I just like how Crystal, I don't know. Crystal's, Crystal's got better. more of a vinegary. It, yes, it does. It's less spicy yeah. too. Um, if you could bring back either. It's a deep local question. If you could bring back either the K&B or McKinsey's franchise, which would it be? And what would your favorite <gasps> thing be? For what a business? crazy good question. That's so hard for me because I have lots of ties. Go ahead. Do you? Yes. I don't know. All I remember is going to K&B a lot and McKinsey's, but I just remembered the, I love McKinsey's king cake, but I think you can still get it somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. My grandpa was a pharmacist for K&B. Really? Grew up going to Morris? K&B. No, my Other one? my mom's. What's his name? Uh, Roger, Orazio. Orazio. Oh Compagna. Name. Come on, Orazio Compagna. <laughs> Working at the K and B as a pharmacist. Oh, that is fantastic. Um, but I used to go after school to the the bus would drop me off at K and B. Well, was that K and B then? Yeah. Oh, was it purple? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was can be then, because like you know, it closed like not long after. Like it was, it was on the verge of closing when he was when I was like right. going there, but um, I would get dropped off there and wait for my mom to get off work and she'd pick me up at KMB. So I knew KMB's like the back of my hand. Favorite coffee shop and what do you order? PJs. Oh, I just like iced coffee. I, I worked like, at a PJ. What are you putting it? Just a little milk. But I like PJs. I think commute like CC's is the same. They put a little vanilla in their uh, cold Really? Mm-hmm. Snowball stand of choice. Um, I don't even think I'm just gonna say it for fun because it's hilarious. But Mr. Rezans and Chalmette. Oh my <laughs> god! Perfect. I always go to Pandora's. Wanna... Okay, it's right no. by the park. It is. It's easy to get to. No. Um, Muses or Iris? Muses. Muses. What is the biggest New Orleans stereotype to you? And is it true? Nolans. You hate when people say Nolans. Yeah. No, what about Nola? I don't really like that either. <laughs> I, um, like I can't admit that. If you say like. Nola's fine though. Like when you're writing. I feel like you're there's writing, like specific But things, when yeah. no one says, I'm going to Nola. I, do, I hear people say it. <laughs> I know, but like locals. No. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's not a local thing. It's It's like. We were talking about your honor. They tr- they tried to sneak one of those in there, and I was like, no, no, yeah. But no. um, I hate when people like we we have this running joke. I'm just like throwing in like gumbo filet, filet gumbo. Like we joke about that in speakers so much because it's just like any time someone can just throw like your words, like in in general, like just. I don't know, tourists talking about oh, yeah. or like, I don't know. It can happen all the time here, but um, please tell them this one because I think they're going to like it. It's famous in our family. There was this made for TV movie about like a shark that goes up a bayou and Lou Diamond Phillips is supposed to be super Cajun and they're like having a life conversation. And he just goes, if the gumbo fits in a Cajun accent, the gumbo fits, like not the shoe fits. He just goes if the gumbo fits. I'd say a positive stereotype though is is people are very welcoming. 
Yeah. And I think that is true. Um, who is the most New Orleans person you know, famous or not, and why? Just get something in me. You can't draw. Stop. Oh, yeah. The other day when she was, Mar- she was the like, control was in the all press right, conference. Y'all. And she was, was like um, talking. She was like in a press conference and somebody from the street yelled and she just said, all right now. And then she just kept talking. <laughs> it's amazing. It Wait, amazing. that's she didn't skip she a beat. Just did it. Yeah, it was like yesterday. Yeah. She was just like, and, all right, and y'all. the person doing sign right, language, now. like literally like, this. like <laughs> Like the, did all right now in sign language. That's wonderful. I just posted it on my Instagram story. Oh, so I'm funny. gonna look. But that's she wonderful. is. She really is so New Orleans. Like, she is very. That's New a Orleans. great answer. That's a great answer. Which New Orleans character or personality, real or fiction, dead or alive, would you most like to have dinner with? Doctor John. That that's you a didn't skip answer. a freaking beat. No, because I just like Alan Toussaint. Oh, that's a good one too. I actually was supposed to before he passed. I was supposed to do a. Um, like a show with him where I sang with him and I never got to. And I like, whenever that quest, kind of question comes up, I think about him all the time. I also think about him all the time just cause he used to work at, I used to work at a pizza place and he'd come in and get these pizzas for him and his wife. And he'd always get the same pizza and he'd dro- drive up in his Rolls Royce and like, I'd get his pizza ready before he'd even come <gasps> and order it. So we, he didn't even know, I did that, but I'd always get the eccentric going before he even walked up. This and is like, stopping can be. <laughs> but I just did he ever throw you off so one much. day? No, he <laughs> always like did. Like, I was thinking about stepping out today. Always <laughs> got the eccentric. Most dapper man in New Orleans, and I I stand by that till I, I die. Like yeah. he was the most dapper. I man can't in believe that the pizza connection, and then you were going to sing. You need to do some kind of. Did you do any kind of tribute? By yourself, by um, I know, but I, you know, I really, really sure. want to do this one day, and it'd be crazy if it ever happened. I always talk to Casey about it, but the circle, the Lee Circle, that you know, I hope they rename oh, it. Oh, that's a great I idea. I would love to have it, just his Royals Royce riding into the heaven because <laughs> he he had two. One of them, the license plate said piano, and the other one said songs. So just do one of the cars, and the license plate said songs or piano, and it'd just be riding into the heaven, and they would just be called two salt circles. Favorite movie, TV show, or book set in New Orleans? Or all three. I mean, you can say as many as you want. It's not. I really love Princess and the Frog. Oh, that's I just really The gator that. in that is so and, so and it's my favorite. The little fly. And the <laughs> the Ray Ray. Ray Ray. I can't. Every time Go I to watch bed. it. You from Shreveport? <laughs> it's amazing. And I I built that out alone in my car. Yes. Like not when Highland's in the car. This is mm-hmm. a regular Dr. John's on the sound. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's good. Just- what is your most naturally New Orleans story? I'm not going to elaborate the story, but there was one time where Alexis couldn't find her car and she was walking <gasps> home and she saw something that you grew up with. And they were like, Alexis, what are you doing? <laughs> you were like, walking <laughs> down the street. Like oh, that's God. a very New Orleans thing. And, yeah. and, and nobody would judge you for not okay, finding yeah, your I'll car. You're like, well, that's quick. good. You didn't drive that's, home, you know? I knew there was something like that. I couldn't <laughs> remember. Yeah. But I couldn't find my phone. I left it in the Uber and I couldn't find my car. It was like the worst day ever. And I was just walking around f- trying to find it <laughs> crying. And I, crying and i go to, i was like oh my god we went to mardi gras zone okay let me go there maybe my car is there as i'm going to mardi gras zone my friend from like childhood <laughs> like nursery school in chalmette comes up in a work truck and he's like alexis <laughs> 
what the hell are you doing? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) bawling my eyes out. And he's like, get in and like brings me home. And like, did you ever find your phone or your car? I, I did. Her car was my car was where around the corner. Was- Lastly, favorite New Orleans word, phrase, or expression. All right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's all about me. <laughs> so it's so good. Okay, and one more thing I was thinking would be fun to do. But you can say no because I know you've kind of been asked to do it, but just not in this way. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to sing, but Unless we go to Cajuns after COVID, I'm never going to get the chance to sing with you again. <laughs> so Casey too. At first I was going to say a Carol King song, but now I'm thinking it should be Alanis. Oh, I love Head Over Feet. Okay, yeah, right, let's can, do that one. What, okay, do we want to do, what part of it do we want to do? I have no choice but to hear you. You stay in your case time and again. You treat me like I'm a princess. I'm not used to liking I am. You ask how my day was. You've already won me over in spite of me. So don't be alarmed if I fall head over feet. And don't be surprised if I loved you for all that you are. I couldn't help it. It's all your fault. I'm in for next post-COVID. And maybe I'll get to sing with you again, which... I'm not crying. You are. That was very, <laughs> that was awesome. And I'm so excited. I get to say that I sung with you. Sorry, listeners. I mean, you would have rather just heard Casey and Alexis. Y'all sounded great. Yeah, but, crushed um, it. I Girl love band. you both. And I think we should go drinking uh, socially distant style. Yeah. Same. Abiento. Thanks for listening. And a big thanks to our sponsors, as well as everyone at Boot Crew Media and Allison Zatteran. Special thanks to Britton Stewart of Thinka and to the incredible Alex Harris for the use of his song, Entangled. And of course, a big thank you to my ever-supportive husband, George. You can find out more about my guests and sponsors on Instagram at at New Orleans Entangled and on bootcrewmedia.com. Until next time. Ooh, I'm entangled and I-